Hello, and welcome back to Inside the Yale Admissions Office. My name is Mark, and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. And I'm Hannah. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. Uh, On our last episode, we talked a lot about application essays, and today we want to talk to you a little bit more about that. Um, Last episode, we talked about what really works well in applications, so uh, be sure to listen to that first if you haven't already. Um, And today we're going to talk a little bit about what doesn't work so well. Uh, And just a general reminder from last episode, we want essays to be good. We love reading essays. We spend a lot of our time and our job reading them. Um, So we have spent a little bit more time talking about what works in those essays because I think there's a little bit more to say there, but we also wanted to give you a little taste of this as well. Right. And as we said last episode, there are certain choices that people make in their essays. We're not going to be talking simply about, you know, topics. Um, It's really sort of individual choices. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. And when the those choices work really well. They lead to a really clear idea of who the applicant is and gives us an idea of what that person will add to our community. The other side of that same coin is that there are certain choices that just frequently lead to ineffective essays. And what we mean is that, you know, as readers, we come across this and we kind of say, oh man, like, missed opportunity. Yes. We're reading it and we're like, I know that this student is more interesting and dynamic and there's more to this person than what I'm seeing here, but those 650 words just came and went and I don't know a lot more about that person. Yes. And we're going to be talking a little bit about specific essay topics that don't work as well, as well as sort of stylistic choices. But um, just in general, these are not universal things. And they're never going to be the reason alone that you would be denied from Yale. We have admitted students every year who have made every single one of the choices that I think we'll be talking about. Um, so just keep that in mind that uh, choosing to do one of these things on, in your essay is not a death sentence, but um, we do recommend avoiding these things just because we think there are uh, better ways to get your message across. What we're also hoping to convey is that these are things that uh, there's pretty... M- strong consensus about. We'll we'll talk about our little exercise that we went through this winter, Hannah and I, to come up with our our shared lists of things that that don't work. Um, But these are not just, you know, Hannah's least favorite things or Mark's least favorite things. Um, We think that there is some general consensus that these are just choices that don't quite work as well as they could in that space. When we talk about essays not working, we don't mean that they're bad pieces of writing. Uh, We talked about this in our last episode, that we're not looking for perfect prose here. Uh, We're looking to get to know you. So um, when we're saying that essays don't work, it doesn't mean that it's a bad piece. It means that it doesn't quite do the job of helping us get to know you as well as it could. Right. So another push, if you've not listened to the previous episode, go back and and have a listen. That will tell you all the things that you should be thinking about in order to be successful in this piece. I think probably the the most common sort of shortcoming or kind of feeling that I have when I'm reading an essay that's not successful is the sense of, so what? Yes. I, it can sometimes be a lovely piece of writing. It can be very, you know, well polished, but I end and I say, okay, that was nice, but so what? I actually had an English teacher in high school who would 
use that as a way to get us to reflect more in our essays. We did a lot of sort of personal reflection, mm-hmm. which was awesome. But he would literally like write so what at the end <laughs> of paragraphs. And uh, I found it really annoying at the time, but um, now I really appreciate it. And I find myself going through that same thought process when I'm reading essays a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, you're onto something. It's it's almost always, okay, this is could be the start of something great, but we just ran out of space and we never got around to the so what here. Right, dig a little deeper. Um, and just just sort of a reminder that we always want our applicants to put our best foot forward. That's the whole point of the college application is you're sort of um, presenting your, your best self. Uh, and we want that for you too as admissions officers. So something that we'll often do in the committee room is if we are presenting an application to the admissions committee that we're really excited about for whatever reason, and they have one of these essays that missed the mark, we'll often say, you know what? Don't read that first essay. (laughs) Just save yourself some time. Let's skip it in the committee room. Right. Sometimes the case just doesn't lie there. And it's our job as admissions officers when we are building a a case for a student and putting together work cards and presenting to committee episodes one, two, uh, you know, of (laughs) our podcast. Um, You know, again, sometimes the essays are are a critical piece of the puzzle. And sometimes we say, guys, you're not going to learn anything new there, but you want to dig into the other parts here. Right. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So this is exciting. This is something that Hannah and I have been working on for a few months now. We had an idea for this episode back in January when we were right in the thick of application reading. And we got together and we sort of agreed, yeah, there are probably topics that we will just come across over the next few months that we will sort of not cringe, but we will come across and we'll say, oh, man, that missed the mark. Mm. And let's try to keep a list. So each one of us has kept a list. We've not shared them yet. Today's gonna be the big reveal, almost six months later since we started, um, of what we put on our our list. And basically every time that we were reading an application essay and we said, oh, that just wasn't, that, that wasn't effective, it missed the mark, we wrote down what the thing was that we thought wasn't effective. And I wanna make clear before we get started, you know, um, we have this little gimmick, but you know, we don't take any pleasure in um, you know, reading an essay that's not effective or sort of reveling in um, you know, what you might perceive as a mistake that a student made. Um, again, these are, we're not gonna be talking about mistakes or failures here, we're really gonna be talking about missed opportunities. I'll, I'll go ahead and say, I think that anyone listening, if you were in the position of reading thousands of essays, um, I imagine you would probably come up with a very similar list. Like mm-hmm. th- That's the sort of thought that is um, uh, undergirding this entire exercise. They were always things that we have seen a lot, mm-hmm. um, sort of the predictable sort of uh, shortcomings there. And we are going to share them in the style of a boggle list. <laughs> Mark is really excited about this idea. <laughs> Are you comfortable explaining the idea of a boggle uh, list? Yeah, it's been a while since I've played Boggle, but, um, you know, Boggle's the game. You have the <laughs> letters in the box that you shake up. Can we get an audio yep. cue for that? I have my Boggle there you go. right here. There you go. Um, and you make a list of all the words that you can see with a combination of letters. And the way the game is scored is the players will compare their lists against each other and... Uh, the words that I would have that Mark doesn't have, I would get a point for. Is that right? Exactly right. Okay. All right. So should we dive into it? Yeah, you go first. Okay. I'll go first. Here's one. Um, This is the essay that's written in the third person, or it usually starts in the third person. And there's usually a twist about two or three paragraphs in where you turn to and you say, that little girl was me. (laughs) 
So, so with all respect to, to Senator Harris from California, um, this essay, um, I understand why you write this essay. You mm. want to sort of give the storytelling element of something, and then you want to sort of shift, and you think there's going to be a big surprise. And it doesn't quite work because... I always know that it's you, right? right. <laughs> the twist of like, that was me. I'm like, I'm never like, oh, wow. And I'm usually I'm sort of scanning down to say, okay, when is the twist happening? Right. Um, and I put that first there. It actually connects to a few other things on my list later on. So that's, okay. that's, that's my first one. Was that's that on interesting. Your list? I don't have that specifically, but um, what I do have is drama for the sake of drama, mm-hmm. um, which I think maybe that what you just said falls under this larger umbrella category, which is feeling like you need to dramatize your story or that you need to have some sort of tragic set of circumstances in order to stand out um, to the admissions committee. So over-dramatizing your essay uh, often gets in the way of um, what could be just a very simple and good you know, story for us to hear. Right. And I, I will say that I think that connects to one on my list, which is the essay that's really all storytelling. Yes. The one that just sort of gives you a nice beginning, middle, and end. It's usually a pretty interesting story. Like, I can tell why you wanted the story to be part of your application. But oftentimes, it has been over-dramatized and has used up the space to tell the story as opposed to using some of that space, at least, to reflect uh, on the story there. Yes. Yep. I didn't have that, but... Totally. That's, I feel like that's such a big one is leave time for reflection. Uh, kind of similar. I have, um, an essay that spends too much time in the past. Yes. Okay. Check. 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 On my list. This is stuck in the past. (laughs) Any, any admissions officer you talk to, I feel like this will be one of the first things they bring up is that it can be so frustrating because, um, if an essay is written about an experience that you had when you were five years old or when you were in seventh grade, a lot has happened since then. You've changed a lot. You're 17 or 18. You're applying to college now. So sometimes uh, students will use that as a starting point and show some growth, but sometimes they'll just get stuck in the past and we are just like, okay, but what about now? Yes. Yeah. Here's one. Um, I call this the cover letter essay. Ooh. This is the one that takes your activities list, what is sometimes called the activities oh, brag, yes. and writes it writes the essay that's sort of like a cover letter accompanying a resume. Mm -hmm. So if you apply for a job, you know, you're going to submit a resume with your professional activities and you're going to use something called a cover letter to sort of expound on some pieces of the the resume. The cover letter essay does that Mm -hmm. and misses the opportunity to tell us something new. Right. Okay. So I don't have that specifically, but again, again, I think I have like the umbrella theme, which is not using the space wisely in your application. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, what the way I think these two things connect is you have space in your application to tell us about your activities mm-hmm. already. Uh, you don't need to spend or waste your essay going, you know, rehashing those. Uh, so think about the overall real estate that you have in your application and make sure that if you're talking about your activities and expressing what they are in one spot, you don't need to do that again in your essay. Often you could uh, choose an activity that's important to you to reflect on, and that sometimes makes for a great essay. But that's different from what Mark is talking about, this sort of cover letter type mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Yeah. All right, I've got a few that are sort of in the, the small sort of content Okay. Um, so this is one, this is probably the most specific one I'll get to. Um, 
We just come across this so many times I thought it was worth mentioning. The death of a grandparent essay. Ooh. So yeah. I know why you write this essay. A death mm-hmm. of a grandparent is a very challenging experience. Um, I had a grandparent who died in, uh, in high school. Um, it's often unsuccessful, though, because, first of all, it is very predictable, mm-hmm. right? If I start reading the essay about this grandparent... I have a pretty good inclination that the essay is going to end with that grandparent um, dying. So my piece of advice for this, it is an essay topic that can work. Yeah. But my advice is going to sound a little morbid, is (laughs) to follow Alfred Hitchcock on this. Right. So uh, another old movie reference. I've had a lot of these. Is this a movie podcast? (laughs) What are we doing here? It is also a movie podcast. Um, the, The great Hitchcock classic, Psycho is so good for so many reasons. Hmm, okay. One of the reasons it's so good is that they the main character dies way earlier than you expect, right? It's like less than 30 minutes into the start of the movie, which means the rest of the movie is not the movie that you expected, and it's much more interesting. So if you are going to use something like the death of a grandparent to get to something else, that can be great. But make it clear that the event of that death, that should happen early in the essay to leave you space for reflections and insights that are connected to that event. Um, So that's different than just my grandparent led this wonderful life. She did all these great things. I had this nice relationship with her. And then I was very sad when she passed away. That's the typical arc of that essay. Mm -hmm. And if you kind of compress all of that into maybe the first third, like the first act of your essay, you now have so much more space to give what could be actually some really interesting insights about you as an applicant now. Again, I don't have this specifically, um, but sort of semi-related is when I feel like I'm reading someone's biography. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. It can be really frustrating. And often it is a grandparent um, living or dead. Uh, But when you are writing an essay about your relationship with another person, and again, we touched on this on last episode, um, make sure it's reflecting back to you and that you're not just sort of uh, writing that person's biography Mm -hmm. Um, because that may be interesting, but it's not necessarily going to be uh, helpful for us to figure out exactly who you are. Yes, absolutely. All right. Another little one from me. Um, This should go without saying, but I'm surprised every single year. Um, bathroom humor, anything related to anything happening in the bathroom, it yeah. shouldn't be in your essay. I don't, I don't get it. What is that? I don't know. Desire. Every year it happens, and every year we say, "Oh no." Yeah. So that that's pretty much like that. The other ones sometimes have some wiggle room. Now that's a red line here. Don't go there. I feel like I kind of have this one again in more broad terms, um, like going for the shock factor. Mm -hmm. I think that there's this idea that if you shock your admissions officer, you'll get our attention. Let me just sort of free you of that expectation. You can't (laughs) shock us. (laughs) We've we've seen it all. Um, So uh, that's not a great way to sort of ground your decision on what to write your essay about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We love the fact that we work at a university that draws a really diverse applicant pool, students all kinds of different experiences and insights. And that's one of the reasons why when I come across this line in an essay, I I get a little frustrated. And this is the line that says, unlike most people, dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. That always rubs me the wrong way um, Mm -hmm. because it's suggesting some exceptionalism, Mm -hmm. right? And again, I know why it's in there. You're trying to use the essay to say what you think makes you unique. Mm -hmm. You're trying to convey, you know, I want to present myself as an individual. That's part of the task. But when you define yourself 
in opposition to other folks, right. it can make you come across as pretty sort of ungenerous to, to other folks and make us really sort of concerned about, you know, what you'll be like as a peer in a really diverse setting. Are you going to keep defining yourself as being, you know, just different from other people? Um, all right, my turn. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is, I feel like this is another, um, sort of easy prompt that could be a starting place, but that I don't necessarily think really works well. Um, is writing an essay as a letter to someone, oh, yes. particularly your future roommate mm -hmm. or yourself. That's on my list. Oh, really? Yes. So that's that's yeah. shared, shared Bogolist one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the letter to self or the letter to the future roommate, like, again, I get it as a, as a prompt and it can be helpful as sort of a little creative writing exercise, I think. Um, but I just, it's just a little too gimmicky, I yeah. think. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can't. I can't really wrap my head around exactly what it is that doesn't make those essays work as well. I don't know. Yes, I think people you kind of tend to get kind of wrapped up in the in the gimmick. And again, I I think it's sort of comforting because it it takes what has been a very nebulous sort of prompt and makes it a little bit narrower and easier to to sort of dig in. But I often sort of find myself thinking that a huge amount of content in that essay has been devoted to sort of propping up the gimmick of the letter, yeah. right? Like it has a salutation and it has, right. you know, these little sort of turns of phrase in the style right. of a letter. And um, yeah, it just often doesn't use the space very well. This is another one where I just feel like, ah, you, you missed this opportunity here. Um, a story of failure without redemption. Mm. Um, and this is tricky because I, th I think there's actually like a common app essay prompt that says tell about a failure or, a, you know, a time you were wrong or whatever, um, which is great. That can be a great prompt and a great kind of essay. But if you spend the entire essay focused on the failure um, without getting to the redemption part or getting to the redemption part too late, mm -hmm. we kind of say, well, we, we want to see how you came out on the other side of this. Clearly, it was an important experience to you. So don't dwell too much on the experience itself. Tell us about uh, where you ended up afterwards. Right. And this is clearly a fine line because we talked about this in the last episode about yeah. how an experience where you really weren't at your best can actually be a really successful um, essay topic because you're willing to m make yourself vulnerable and come across as a, as a flawed human. But mm -hmm. as we noted then, you shouldn't just kind of revel in that uh, that awful experience. Um, whether it's, you know, just connected to, to you um, or to something larger, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of essays that deal with real hardship. And that's something that can be very insightful for a student in, in reflecting about something that they've, they've come through. Do you always want to make space for that reflection and that insight? It doesn't necessarily, you know, have to be that everything's hunky-dory now, right? Like, mm. it's not the case, well, we had this challenge, but hey, it's all better now. You know, we understand that a lot of these things are still live and real and raw, but the essay shouldn't just be uh, an exercise in sort of detailing the challenges or the failures or the frustrations. It should also be a chance to reflect and provide some insight on it. Again, to the very first point we got to, so what? Mm -hmm. So you've been through this, so you failed, so what? Where where are you now as a result of all that? Yep, definitely. That's everything on my list. I, I have one more. An essay that feels over thesaurus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is a word that I just made up. Um, and I considered looking up an actual word for what I'm trying to say. And then I realized that would defeat the whole purpose of what I'm trying to say. So what I mean is when you're reading an essay and it's just like not using natural language, mm -hmm. it's using these 
big words that are kind of shoehorned in. And it's very clear that this person wrote an essay with a sort of thesaurus by their side. Right. Um, and again, you want to sound smart in your essays, but we would actually rather that you sound authentic than you sound very smart and sophisticated. So. Right. And, uh, you know, our applicants, they have big vocabularies and, you know, by all means, you have use full license to, to use that big vocabulary. But when you use a word like alacrity, yeah. when, you know, speed would work just as well, right. I, it's hard for me to imagine that you hang out with your friends and, and use the word alacrity right. in, in conversation with right. them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go for the conversational tone, I would say, over the, the overwritten tone. Yeah. So we were coming back to some pretty consistent themes as we were going through these, these lists together. Um, we don't present this as some sort of like secret list of things that will get you denied if no. you write about any of these things. Um, and as we said, I think if just about anyone read these essays like we do, they would come up with a very similar list. So these are sort of like guide posts for you last episode and this episode to think about, okay, am I moving more towards the roadmap that made it sound like these are more successful essays or am I, you know, veering dangerously towards, you know, one of these uh, choices that often isn't as successful? Definitely. And you might say, you know what, those Hannah and Mark people don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to write this essay about my deceased grandfather and that, you know what, go for it. If you feel like that's the right choice for you, um, I think you should follow your gut, but but certainly listen to what we're saying and, and listen to, you know, why we're saying some of these things don't quite work as well as you might think that they, they would. Um, and just overall, just kind of a reminder, since some of this episode has had a little bit of a more negative tone, it's really a privilege, I think, to have thousands and thousands of students entrust us with their personal stories. I think about that all the time when we're reading applications. It's totally not lost on us how lucky we are to be able to read all these stories, many of them very, very personal, many of them um, things that uh, the student hasn't revealed to their friends or to mm -hmm. their family or to their community. Um, so that is not lost on us. Whatever form these essays take, we, uh, I regularly kind of take the time to pause um, during the reading season and think to myself, oh, wow, this person is really sharing something special with us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I remember being very uncomfortable about myself when I was in high school. Yeah. It is, it is weird to sort of pour yourself out onto the page yeah. and then click it off, you know, into the ether and right. kind of, you know, don't know what's going to be on the other end. So, um I think, as we've said before, imagining a real human person on the other end mm -hmm. reading the essay can be one of the starting points to to try to put yourself authentically into that space. Um, and the essay is a snapshot. It is one piece of the puzzle. We are very aware of the fact that we are getting hopefully something directly from the student that is insightful, but it's just one piece um, of the puzzle. Because of that, we have a lot of different pieces of the application. Yep. Little preview for next episode. Yes. We're going to talk about all of the small pieces of the application that Yale admissions officers craft that we ask all our applicants to respond to in addition to um, those essays. They range from sort of the size of your average tweet to a longer paragraph. Um, and every single one of them is on the application for a specific reason. We spend a lot of time uh, in the summer crafting those questions. So next time we will talk to you a little bit about those. Yeah. 
Thanks, as always, to our friend and colleague, Jill, who's both our sound engineer and a great admissions officer. Thanks to Reed, who lends us his office when we are recording in the office. We're still not back in the office yet, but thanks anyway, Reed. Thanks, as always, to former admissions officer, Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. You can check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. If you have comments or an idea for an episode, feel free to drop us a line at yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.